We're reading from the book of Acts, chapter 8, starting to read at verse 26. And the heading for this passage is Philip and the Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch said, asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, good morning. My name's Nick, and uh, my job here is just to help us think through that passage a little bit as we go. So the plasterer at work the other day said to me, hey up Nick, where's they from? And uh, he had picked up from my accent that I was not a local. And so I explained to him that I was actually born in Sheffield. So I am technically a Yorkshireman, although uh, I grew up in Watford. Uh, my, I came from the red half of Sheffield, just up the road in Banner Cross. Uh, I asked my dad, <laughs> I asked my dad, um, did he sport United or Sheffield? And he said, depends who was playing at home. So mixed upbringing, as you can see. So the passage we've got here is post-Jesus died. So it's after Jesus died and after Pentecost, the birth of the church. And it's now the rest of Acts, the, the book that we're reading here, is, is how did the church work out what faith was like? How did it work out how to be a Christian? How did it work out how to serve God within this context? And we've got this uh, quite unusual story. First of all, I'd like to think a little bit about what's happening today. I don't want to put words into anybody's mouth, but having talked to other people who've done similar things in terms of bringing children and wanting to have them blessed and give thanks and all that sort of stuff, it, some of the common things that people say is things like, it was so amazing bringing a child into the world 
that I just wanted to give thanks. Or I just want to be a good father to this child and I want God to help me do that. Or this big world is so scary that I want a safe place for them to know as well and to know faith. And it's often these sort of big moments when we ask the big question of what is life all about? What is God about? And probably the most profound experiences for me is, is watching my four sons being born. And I'm not really fussed about big sunsets and stuff like that or high mountains, but to see a child come into the world was just convincing there has to be a God in my book. And uh, I'm happy for you to argue that with me any point you want to. People feel drawn to God. Uh, the Bible talks about God speaking. And uh, as a new Christian, I was, I was a bit confused about that. What did that mean? And I've come to realize that it's often that God prompts or nudges us or put an idea in our mind or gives a desire in our heart to do something. And that's God communicating to us. So wanting to come and to give thanks in church in this sort of official way is God drawing us to respond to who he is and what he's doing. So let's jump back a couple of thousand years and look at what was happening with this Ethiopian official. I've already said that it was post-Pentecost. Pentecost was the birthday of the church, and it was a Jewish festival that there was lots of uh, Jews who'd come to, to worship in this thing. Now, in the Jewish mindset, there was two groups of people. There was Jews and there was Gentiles. So there was people who were Jews, and then there was everybody else who wasn't born. Like, I was born in Yorkshire, so I classify myself as a Yorkshireman, even though I talk a bit odd. And there was Jews who were Jews by birth. And then there was a group of people in the middle of those two groups called God-fearing Gentiles. So they were Gentiles who had become Jews. They'd heard a message that God had stirred them in their hearts and they'd wanted to respond. And the, place, the only place you could respond within that was to become a Jew at that point in time. And it was at Pentecost. If, if you go back and read the story of Pentecost, where 3,000 people got baptized at that moment... It's, then it explains to you where they came from, and they came from all over the place, if you ever want to go back into the beginning of Acts and read that. It's because these people were stirred by God, wanted to express that somehow, came to the festival, and then heard Peter and the other apostles preaching the word of God, and they said, yes, that's what I've been looking for. And God drew them in that way. And the Ethiopian official, that's what he's doing. So potentially, he doesn't say, but potentially he's come to Jerusalem for this festival, for a, a different, a subsequent festival of Pentecost. And he's, I, I googled it. I, I, so I, I went into Google Maps, Addis Ababa, which is the capital of um, Ethiopia, which I had to look up, and Jerusalem, and how far is it, and how long would it take me to get there? And Google Maps told me that if I was going to walk from Addis Ababa to Jerusalem, it would take me 30 days. Not that I want to do that. It's much quicker on the plane these days. So this Ethiopian official was so committed to pursuing God that he took a month off work. Presumably he went home again and took a month off work 
another month, and then however long he was there for the festival. He was so drawn by God. God's spirit was moving in him so much that he wanted to express that. And then even within this story, we find him reading the scriptures and saying, I don't quite understand this. And God produces Philip alongside him to explain that to him. So what happened next within that story? He became a Christian. He committed his life to God. He got baptized as a sign of what he did, the outworking of the inward reality. And um, so even though he was a Jew, even though he was probably a nice person, even though there's lots of other things going on in his life, he had to reach that stage of becoming a Christian for himself, being adopted into God's family. The Bible has lots of little words to describe it. But he had faith in God, that personal relationship for himself. He wasn't a second or third generation Christian. He was hungry for God. God was stirring in his heart. He was looking for something that he couldn't quite explain, couldn't quite put his finger on. But as Philip came and explained the scriptures to him, he said, yes, that's what I've been looking for. And he was part of a journey. So presumably somebody had given him a Bible. Somebody had told him about the Jewish faith. Somebody had had discussions and whatever with him. And that's often similar in our lives, is that we become Christian by stages. Is that maybe today is, is a helpful part of that stage, a helpful bit of, well, I've met these people and they all believe something. And um, maybe there is a bit more in this and it's worth investigating. God draws people to himself, stage by stage, bit by bit, so that he can breathe his spirit in them and release them to be the person that God has called them to be. And it might be today is the first time you've heard this and you want to respond a little bit more. It might be that you've been a Christian and you've drifted away and you want to come back. You feel God's drawing you. Or it might be that you've been Christian for years and you just want to be reminded of the love of God and allow God's spirit to know that you're chosen, loved, and called by him. The book of Acts goes on and mentions Philip a few times. And Philip's one of my heroes. He's a really good guy. In Acts chapter 6, they needed an administrator. God bless administrators. And there was distribution of food that needed to happen. And Philip said, yep, I'll put my hand up for that. I'll join in. And then here we have God needing an evangelist, someone to do some miracles. Philip said, yep, I'm up for that. And then he ended up in Caesarea where... In Acts chapter 21, he plants a church and it says he had four daughters, all with the gift of prophecy. So he kept his faith and he prayed his faith into his family. And he needed God's spirit in him to be a good administrator. He needed God's spirit in him to be a good evangelist. He needed God's spirit in him to be a good father and church planter and all that he went on to do. And I've got a final thought to leave you with. Because Philip was transported from one place to another in the blink of an eye, before Star Wars and um, Star Trek and teleportation and all that sort of stuff. God did this amazing miracle. I believe this to be a true story, because I've seen God 
do some amazing things that I can't quite put my finger on or I can't quite explain. But God is bigger than we are. God is other. And is it a bigger miracle for Philip to travel unexplicably from one place to another in the blink of an eye? Or is it a bigger miracle for God to bring an Ethiopian official for a month's journey and a month back again and then allow him to become a Christian for himself? Which one do you think would be more difficult for God or more difficult for us as people? Let's just take a moment. There might be uh, something in this morning that struck a chord with you so far. And let's just take a moment to... Respond to God in whichever way is appropriate for you. And just uh, maybe there's something you want to take away. Maybe there's something you want to think about further later on in life. And uh, just let God uh, speak into your heart this morning. Let's just have a moment of silence.